everyone. Welcome back to the Freedom Podcast. And Lexi and I are super excited today to be here with a special guest, Dr. Brittany LaBeouf. And just as a little bit of background, um, Brittany and I actually met way back in 2017, which hard to believe it's been over five years. Uh, Feels like a whole lifetime ago. (laughs) Well, it It's hard to believe, but at the same time, it does feel like a lifetime ago. So um, 2017 WMBF Worlds, we randomly, I can't even remember how we first met, but we ended up hanging out that day at Worlds and like we just piled around. We both were wearing blue dresses for the evening round and like we saw each other. We're like blue dress. And then we ended up hanging out because it was kind of. I don't know if you felt this way, Brittany, but it was kind of like clicky. And so I didn't really have anyone I was hanging out with. So we just ended up palling around and um, just had a great time that day. I I have a lot of good memories from that day. And then years, a couple years passed. And I think it was last year you sent me a DM and it was shocking to me. I was, you were like, I don't know if you remember me. And she reached out to me and said, I gave my life to Christ this past year. I think it was in, was it in 2020 that you were, 2021, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or 2021. And I was like, oh my gosh, I remember you. Yes. And so we just reconnected and um, I really wanted to just ask you, I mean, we have some questions we want to ask you because your testimony is so powerful. Uh, Brittany and I had a little bit of back and forth conversing about her testimony and just where God has brought her. And um, it's so amazing to see God working in the fitness industry. And so when we were chatting and I saw that uh, you were posting more content, I was like, oh my gosh, Lexi, we need to have Brittany on the podcast and uh, just talk about your testimony a little bit and how God's working in your life. And also with your unique position of being having you have your PhD. And so kind of how that has played a role in your um, perspective on, on kind of where you were and now being a Christian and how your, your perspective on all of that has changed. So I guess just as a little bit of an opening, give some, a little bit of your background and, and um, currently what you do for your occupation and your family, we can open it with that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm so happy and excited to be here. Um, A little bit about me. So I, like Katie said, I do have my PhD. My PhD is in exercise science. So I was in school for a very long time. Uh, I did my bachelor's in health science. I thought I wanted to go into healthcare and then changed my mind and decided to pursue my PhD. So I have a master's and PhD in exercise science. Uh, And then I finished my PhD, did a postdoc. I started competing in bodybuilding during my PhD time too. Um, After I finished competing bodybuilding, I switched to competing in strongman. And that's where I met my husband. So he was my strongman coach. Uh, He's my strongman coach. And we were not Christians. And I got pregnant. And we got married. We moved to Pennsylvania, where I was from, and that is kind of what catapulted my testimony, which I can I can share that in a little bit. But uh, we have two kids, I have a three-year-old and a six-month-old, both boys, and um, I work full-time as a scientist for a fitness company, and um, I'm a Christian now, which is awesome, but wasn't always 
part of my, I guess, story. So that's been pretty recent over the last couple of years. My husband and I both got saved and went back to church. And um, kind of that journey, I think, is what Katie was referring to with my testimony and kind of where God has led me up until this point over the last couple of years have just been really transformational. Um, and like just so much has changed. So I don't know where we want to start, but that's kind of like the overview, I guess, of everything in my background. Nice. I think, was there like a moment that you had where you were like, okay, I need to have a walk with the Lord. I need to like, did you realize, was there a point where you realized you're like, okay, I'm a sinful being and I need to transform my life or was it like a slow process where God was kind of just, you know, tapping on your shoulder? Like how did that transformation kind of happen? Um, I would say that it was kind of a slow process. So I grew up in church. I went to church like my whole most of my life until I became probably a teenager, I would say. I stopped going like as consistently. Uh, but I would have said I was a Christian. Like I gave my heart to the Lord and everything, but I didn't really understand what it meant to be to live as a Christian. Like I kind of did, but kind of didn't. And just kind of like started falling away. And then by the time I went to college, I just did whatever I wanted pretty much. Like, I mean, all of it. Like I was drinking and partying and like, but I like considered myself a good person. So I didn't really have any guilt about it, to be honest. Like I just kind of did my thing and um, whatever. And I would say that I was pretty fine with it for a period of time because I was so far from the Lord. I mean, I have a lot, my, my family has a lot of Christians in it. My uncle is a pastor. He pastors the church that I attend now. He's a senior pastor for that. Like I just, I just didn't really feel convicted about it. Yeah. And when I left for grad school for my PhD, I, I went to school up in Massachusetts, which is like the most liberal place in the whole United States, I think. Like it's, it's a different world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would say going into it, I was not like really that political. I kind of was apolitical and just kind of like, whatever. Like, I don't know. I just didn't really have a lot of opinions about stuff. Yeah. And that changed really quickly because I was now in this area that was very political and very liberal and very progressive. And I was also in a graduate program that where I was becoming a scientist. And so there was really just one narrative that I was being presented with. And that was, you know, it was just very one-sided. And so obviously being around that, I just started believing that way and thinking that way and identifying my beliefs in that way. And at the same time, kind of viewing people who didn't think that way as less than. Because I was going to grad school and I was like having all these different experiences and living somewhere different and meeting all these different types of people. And I was so much smarter and this, that, and the other. And I was just really arrogant kind of. Um, but that's how most, like that's, that is how a lot of people were, that I was around. That's just the culture there. Yeah. And so I, that happened over, I was, so I was in Massachusetts for seven years. 
Okay. So it was kind of like gradual that all these different things were presented like over and over and over again and eventually just kind of like adopted them. And obviously I think that reached kind of a head when it was like the 2016 election time when Trump was running for president. And it was like, it was very tense in New England. So I remember like whenever it, the news came out that like Trump won the election, that he was going to be the president, they like shut down campus. Oh, wow. And yeah, they canceled class. They would cancel oh. classes. And there were like oh, wow. people crying like all over the place. Like for like literally, like legitimately, like like dry heaving, bawling. Um, that is wild. And I actually, yeah, wow. I actually didn't vote in the 2016 election because I, mm-hmm. something happened with like where I was registered. Like I was registered in Pennsylvania still because that's where I am from and I, whatever. So I didn't get to vote. And so I felt really guilty about that too because I was like, I didn't even vote. And I like, didn't want to tell anyone. I was like, I don't know, but I didn't even because they're going to be like, you're the reason that Trump won. Um, no, but so people were really upset. And I remember being like, okay, well, I get it kind of, but like I didn't really feel like my life cha- like was going to change in any way. I just yeah. remember thinking like, okay, everyone around me is outraged. Like I should be outraged too. Yeah. And I think that for me was kind of like from there on was when I started to really buy into a lot of just different narratives about the people that I was around, uh, like what I am supposed to think about people who were Republican and supported Trump, which was like a lot of my family um, and stuff like that. So it just kind of like grew and grew and grew. And that was about halfway through my PhD. So um, concurrently, while I was doing that, I was also competing in bodybuilding. That's when I started competing in bodybuilding in 2014. And, um, in 2016 was when I won my pro card and I was just like ramping up that and reaching at simultaneously, like reaching the end of my PhD. So I started like really identifying as just like independent, disciplined, like I dated a bunch of different guys, but I wasn't like, I just, whatever. I was just, it's not good. And I competed in 2017 Worlds. That's where, like, that's where I met Katie and we hung out. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break from bodybuilding. I need to finish my PhD and focus on school. And it was just too much with the dieting and the workouts. And like, it just, I was like, I need to take a break from this while I focus on school and writing. And I had a really hard time coming out of competing. Um, I started really struggling with anxiety, like really, really bad. And I never was an anxious person before that really at all. And I just started really struggling with my mental health and put on a ton of weight very quickly. And I was just having a hard time. That was when I was like, okay, well, I'm going to swap out the idol of competing bodybuilding with competing in strongman so that I can still have something to identify myself as. And I met my husband um, and started dating him and was competing in strongman. And 
I was still really struggling with anxiety. I was like on and off anxiety medication. And like, it just was like not a great period of time for me. And then I got pregnant with my son. And I think that was the thing that really, this is a a long drawn out story to get to what like. No, this is awesome. So when I got pregnant with my son and I couldn't compete anymore, I was like, who am I without this? Like, who am I without competing? I, my body was changing, obviously, from being pregnant. And I just kind of began searching because I felt really lost. And when I got pregnant with him initially, I I was pregnant with twins and ended up having a miscarriage with one of them. So I was still pregnant with one baby, but miscarried one. And I was just like, a mess. I was kind of like, this is just a lot. I feel overwhelmed. I I wanted something like bigger to believe in, but was really resistant to God because I was like, I associated my relationship with Jesus to people who had different views than me about politics and political and social issues. I, and obviously, yes, they are related in some aspects, but I was so resistant to the one side of it that I couldn't even allow myself to pursue anything like that. So I started, so what for me, what that meant was I started getting into like what you would call like new age spirituality and a lot of uh, woo woo kind of things like manifestation and, you know, thanking the universe and tarot cards and- Did you do like Reiki- or I, I, I never did, but I was like, thought it was cool that people did yeah. that. Yeah. You know like what I mean? Tarot like cards I, and- yeah. Like I had, I dad the tarot cards, I did the readings and the meditating. And, uh, I, I read a lot of the, the books and just started speaking in that way. Yeah. And my husband at the time, like I, my husband at that time, he was really into that stuff too. Cause he was really interested in like Buddhism and other things. And so we were just like, this is our version of like spirituality and like whatever. He grew up Catholic and yeah, uh, was very, never really was taught about like relationship versus like regimented rules. Uh, yeah. And so we just both were kind of like, eh, like we didn't like growing up like that. So like, yeah. we don't want our kids to do that or have that or feel that way. And like, we want them to decide. And because I was pregnant. So this was like on our mind all the time, you know? Um, and then my, we had my son and I had not a traumatic birth. It was traumatic to me because he was past due. I ended up having a C-section and I had already been struggling with this idea of my body's changing. I don't have control of it. I had gained all that weight. Like I just was already having that before I got pregnant and then with the C-section, it just felt like oh, like another thing that I feel like my body is failing me, essentially. And it created a lot of shame uh, surrounding that and led right into just difficult experience with motherhood. Um, and so he was born in December 2019, so like three months before the pandemic. Wow. Um, so as a new mom, I was stuck inside with the baby all the time oh my and goodness. my husband was commuting to work like an hour almost an hour each way so like he was gone a lot and at the time I was I was teaching at a college but it was 
online because of COVID and everything, home with the baby. And again, I was just like, my mental health just plummeted. It was, it was up and down and rocky until this time, but it really just like, I was like, I am done. This is awful. Something needs to change. And that's when I started becoming like more open to things. And so what happened was I quit drinking. Uh, I wasn't an alcoholic or anything, but I drank a lot of wine. And because I was so stressed all the time and I was like on TikTok, that was when TikTok became the thing, you know? <laughs> and um, I was on TikTok all the time. And a lot of these moms would joke about just like drinking wine after their kids go to bed and like this, that, and the other. And that, I, I started really identifying with that. And I would, as soon as the baby was down, like I would just like pour myself a heaping glass of wine and... I just made myself a martyr over motherhood, like that it was so hard because of my birth experience and this, that. And I just, I didn't really, I had a very negative view of motherhood. And it's really sad that I, that I, that I ever thought of it that way now, because I love being a mom now, but I really didn't. I felt like it was happening to me that it was limiting my life instead of adding to it. And that's very much the message in our culture, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I 100%. very much, yeah, I very much bought into that. Very yeah. much bought into that. Um, and so I stopped drinking just like it was mother's day and my older son, he was like, hitting all these milestones. He was really, really fussy. My husband was working all day. And I just remember thinking like, this is Mother's Day. I'm supposed to be like celebrating being a mom. It's my first Mother's Day. And all I can think about is how miserable I am. Mm -hmm. And wow. I didn't even want to like, my mom wanted to like call me and like FaceTime me to like talk to her and my grandmother about like this is happy Mother's Day and stuff. And I was like, honestly, like I had a really hard day. Like I don't feel like talking. And just like drank wine and went to bed on Mother's Day. And that was the last time I've had alcohol. <laughs> that was in May of 2020. Um, so I just like stopped drinking. And I feel like that did clear my mind because yeah. that was when I was, again, I was more like new age stuff. But I was letting myself be more open to just thinking about things in a different way. And... In the midst of all this was all of the like unrest of 2020 with COVID and BLM and all of that stuff. And I'm sorry, this is like really long. Is this okay that I'm sitting no, talking going. about this? Okay. Yeah. This <laughs> um, is great. Great. Because okay. hearing these details just gives us a lot better context to, um, you know, just the transformation that did happen. So yeah, keep going. Yeah. And I... I don't think, I think people can probably relate to a lot of different parts of my story, which is I don't really want to cut any of it. Like, yeah. Right. So, For sure. Absolutely. 2020 was wild. <laughs> Not all of us, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, to put it mildly. I, it was yeah. To nuts. put it mildly. I had a different Instagram account at the time that I was growing, like different than the one I have now. Um, I was actively trying to grow like an online platform then. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember just all of the fear around what to post, what not to post, what to say, what not to say, what to believe, what not to believe. And I felt it in a lot of different ways. So 
as a scientist, I felt like I had to um, agree with all of the narratives that were being played out about what si- what the science says. And even though I'm not an epidemiologist or by any means, and I don't know anything about infectious disease, really, I still felt like because because I am a scientist that I had to like say certain things about COVID and I'm, I'm biracial. So I thought that I had to say certain things about the BLM movement and what I, how I felt as a black person with the death of George Floyd. And it became so anxiety provoking for me and brought up a lot of this like identity issues. Like I was saying before, like I struggled with it with bodybuilding and what I did for fitness, but I also struggled with it from like a race perspective and a, like a career perspective. I just felt like my identity was being attacked yeah, and then I couldn't get away from it. And so what I ended up doing was just like leaning into whatever was going to get me the most approval. So I knew that I wouldn't get backlash if I just said what everyone else was saying and agreed with what everyone else was saying and just went along with it, which at the time I did believe it too. It wasn't like I knew this was a lie and like, I'm just doing this to get by. Like I did, I did believe a lot of it, but I, something like deep inside of me, especially with the race stuff was just, it, it, it made me feel sick. And I was getting like all of these tags on Instagram, like people were tagging my account because they were like, follow black creators. Like, never mind that I had a PhD that I had been posting for like, I mean, I was like really on it with content at that point too. Like I was posting every single day these like really like science packed carousel posts that took me Mm. hours to do. Like I posted such good content and like never led to followers, like that many followers. You know, I had like, I don't know, maybe 5,000 followers at the time or something. Um, And then people started tagging me and literally overnight, just because people were like, follow black creators, follow black creators. I got like thousands of people following me and wow. I like hated it. It felt really icky to me Yeah, because it felt mm. like people were only following me because someone told them to because I was black and not because <laughs> I have a PhD, like I'm smart and I post good content or like they like, yeah. you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, this is weird. And I don't like this feeling and I was also getting invited on like podcasts of people who like there's someone that I they invited me on their podcast someone who I had followed for years in the fitness industry years and they have a very large platform they invited me onto their podcast they they started following me invited me onto their podcast and I remember like almost like fangirling because I had really I loved watch, watching them and they like were on, that was when YouTube vlogging was like really popular, right? When we were yeah. started bodybuilding in like 2014. And yeah. so this person had like a really popular vlog, vlogging cat, always used to watch her videos and I was like doing my cardio and stuff. So it felt like. Oh my uh, gosh. I watched so many of those back so, in the day. Right. And so I was like, this is so cool. Like she's invited me on her podcast, but like yeah. it felt like it felt fake. It felt like it was because of my race and not yeah. because of anything, you know? And it just, yeah. it's that just started to fester in me and it just like got worse and worse and worse. And then the election 
was like a few months later. And so it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I would see some of my friends who were white get absolutely dragged on social media for saying, saying things and not even anything really that controversial, but someone would be like, they voted for Trump's Trump or something. And like, people were just absolutely dragging other people. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was just like, oh, yeah. it was oh, yeah. horrible. It, I lost it on so many friends from oh, that, from my beliefs. And it's funny because I think that for me, it made me stand even more firm knowing like what the truth was. And like, it wasn't like, Oh, like I need to bow down. Cause like, for me, I feel like I was, I don't mind the pushback. So I was like, no, like you're not going to pinhole me into my race, um, you know, or like whatever they want to do or my beliefs or things like that and saying, oh, you're racist and all these things. And I'm like, okay, clearly like you don't know anything about me and it doesn't matter the color of your skin. Like if your whole identity is based on the color of your skin, like you're, you, you won't know who you are. Like, and like, I think a lot of people connect their identity to fitness too. And like, when you were talking about that, I'm like, once I stopped competing in powerlifting, I was like, oh, okay. That time in my life was done because I knew that my identity was in Christ. It wasn't in anything that I do or the money that I make or whatever. So I think that's really relatable for a lot of people. Um, if they're coming out of the, um, the fitness industry or, you know, or they're involved in politics or not like, you know, I think that that's definitely relatable to a lot of people because everyone was feeling that in 2020 slash 2021, um, or even a little bit before that, it was just such a volatile time. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think a lot of people felt that. And yeah. even for yeah. like, saying you're not taking the vaccine. That was one that people were just so hateful because I was yeah. pretty vocal about that because my yeah. my dad actually is a pharmacist and he did a and he knows like all the science behind, you know, the virus and everything and he was like doing research on the infection rate and what he predicted the death rate to be and so, you know, I trust my dad like tremendously yeah. and he actually had, he was a, was a chemistry major and like so he knows the comp Anyways, long story short, he was basically like predicting the death rate to be right about what it actually ended up being. Like yeah. very minuscule. He said, "There's no reason to be fearful." Yeah, um, you know, absolutely crazy. And also, yeah. what the vaccine actually is. And he was looking into, okay, it's actually not a vaccine. And and so just giving me more information on, you know the the data and then yeah. also the vaccine injuries that are so underreported and I remember yeah. I was asked are you taking the vaccine and I said no and I got like people just lost their minds <laughs> like, you would have thought I said I wanted to kill your grandma like yeah it was unbelievable um and I mean now what we've seen just come out in the you know and all this stuff about Fauci and everything and it's just unbelievable and the yeah. corruption Yep. It's just like, if you didn't say something, you would get, even if you didn't say anything, it was like, yep. you would hate. So I'm sure like, as you know, especially with them being on these podcasts and growing this following, did you feel like, okay, I literally can't win no matter what I say, I'm going to be either criticized because I didn't say something. I'm going to be criticized if I say something wrong. Like, did you feel, did that really contribute to a lot of anxiety that you were feeling? It did, but I will say that that didn't really happen to me. I just witnessed it happen to other people and then was so scared that I just 
kind of like flew under the radar for the most part. But I also didn't, def- I and I still feel really guilty about this. Like I didn't defend people who I know like were not racist or whatever. Like I didn't use my voice to defend them either. Like I didn't really say anything, but I also didn't like use my voice to defend them. And I felt really badly about that because I don't have a large platform. I mean, these people had like, you know, huge platforms and people just like, like you're saying, like no matter what you said, you could not win. And I just saw that playing out for them. And I didn't think that it was necessarily right. But I also was kind of like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go near that. Like, and I would post like pro vaccine things or like pro BLM things to an extent, but I also felt like I, it was really interesting because I felt like no matter what I couldn't win in the sense that, and I've always felt this way a little bit about my race is that I can't, I'm not black enough. Yeah. And I had these black I had these black creators who were that I was following and they were saying like only listen to these this black person and not this black person and like all of these things and it just like it just felt like an attack 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 and it was because one I was making race like the my what I identify primarily and also because I was listening to what other people were saying brought, about my value. And which as a Christian, I know that, well, yeah, hello, no wonder you were anxious and a mess, like, because that's not how Christ created us. We're created in his image and our, our primary identity is in him. But at the time I didn't have that. So it was just very turbulent for me. And so fast forward to early, like spring 2021, I got a new job. And so my new job was going to be fully remote. And so my husband and I were like, you know, what do we want to do? We wanted to buy a house, but we didn't really want to buy up in Massachusetts. And I'm from Pennsylvania. And we had our son who was, you know, just over a year old at that point. And we were like, okay, like, let's consider moving back there to be closer to my parents. Um, I have a nephew who's here. Like, a lot of my family is close by. It's a lot. Ch- it's a lot cheaper. So we can afford to buy a house there. Um, let's move. And so we did that summer. We moved in July and it was, I was like kind of nervous about being back in like Trump country. It was what I called it. Like it's, I live in a very small town and coming from Massachusetts where it's, I think it's literally, I think the town that we lived in is one of the most liberal places in the United States, like factually. Um, so it was a, big change after not living here for seven or eight years for me. And I was nervous about it. I was like, I don't want my son to go to church with my mom. I know she's going to try to like get us to go to get him to go to church. And like, I was like very vocal that I did not want that. Um, But I was also wasn't like, I know some people kind of like cut their parents out and family members out if they didn't get vaccinated. And like, that happened a lot. Like, yeah, it's very sad. So sad. And even though at that time I was kind of like, I feel like they should get vaccinated, but 
whatever. I didn't say anything about it. I wasn't like, you can't see my kids. I'm not going to be around you type of thing. I just knew we disagreed. So avoided the topic and respected, yeah. but I respected my family. I, I was raised to be like respectful no matter what. So like I didn't have, it wasn't escalated to that level for me. I was yeah. just kind of quietly in the background being like, oh, great. Like none of these people are believe what I believe. And like, I'm so enlightened and all this stuff. <laughs> um, I was quickly convicted of that after I did come <laughs> back to church. So about a month after we moved back, uh, my cousin was getting married and she ha- was having a bridal shower. And so my mom asked if I wanted to go with her. And I was like, sure, I haven't seen anyone. Really. I didn't get to go to a lot of those things when I lived up there because it was such a far drive. So I missed out on a lot of like little birthday parties and stuff. So I'm like, sure, I'll go. I wasn't really that like close to her necessarily because also they were like, Brittany's like the super liberal, like, <laughs> she's like a way out. You know what I mean? They probably were like, yeah. and they, pray- they prayed for me and loved me, but they were also like, keep your distance because you believe some pretty crazy things right now. Um, And so I feel really fortunate that they, that they still loved on me like that and never stopped praying up, praying for me and didn't give up on me. But while we were there, the bridal shower was at a a church. So my uncle pastors a network of churches and um, he's been the senior pastor there for many years. And so I grew up, like we would go to his church for different things, like, with his youth group or just to visit, to hear him preach for the weekend or whatever. So I had been in that church a lot. It was like the church that I remember for the first time, like giving my life to the Lord in a way that felt meaningful to me that I actually understood like, okay, I'm a Christian now. Um, And when I was there, I had my son with me and I was just kind of walking around because the church looked completely different than the last. I mean, it had been probably 15 years since I'd been in that church. And so everything was moved around. We were just kind of like walking around and I was just, he was being fussy. So I was just, you know, exploring. And we walk into what used to be the sanctuary and it wasn't a sanctuary anymore. They use it for their kids program or something now. And I just, I felt this overwhelming, like can't catch my breath, like kind of peace. Like someone was hugging me and I was just like, brought to tears and I was like whoa <laughs> that's weird that's and that's really all I thought about it. I'm like that's kind of weird why do I feel this way like why do I feel so, so much comfort being here when I haven't been in a church in besides like random Christmas services and stuff but like right. I really hadn't been to church at all in like 15 years so I just was kind of like observed that it was weird and then went along with my day. I got home and I told my husband, I was like, yeah, it was kind of weird. I felt like really comfortable in the church. And that's the opposite of how I was thought I was going to feel because I was really nervous about going to into it. And it wasn't even a church service. Like I said, it was a bridal shower. And I, so I told him, I told a couple other of my friends, I was like, it's just kind of weird. I don't know. I felt like I'm really confused that I felt comfortable there. I don't know what that means. And then just kind of went along with my week. And uh, a few days later, I, God woke me up in the middle of the night and I had like thrown my Bible away. Okay. I didn't even have a Bible, but he put, put the verse Exodus 14, 14 on my heart. And I, 
I was like, this has to be God because I don't know. I don't know what that verse says. I don't have a Bible. I need to like look, look it up. Right. And so, um, I did. And that verse says the Lord himself will fight for you. You just need to be still. And I was like, Hmm. (laughs) Okay. God, are you trying to tell me something like (laughs) what? I, I, I just was kind of confused and I didn't tell anyone this was happening. I was just kind of like, this is really weird. My husband was going out of town. He was on a trip that weekend. And I'm like, maybe I should go to church on Sunday. Like, I don't know. And I couldn't decide. And then that morning, I like last minute decided, like we got there like 10 minutes late. Cause I was like, I don't know if I want to do this now. And so I just like hurried up, got my son ready. We went to church, we got there. And I like texted my mom, like we're coming to church. She was probably like, I can't, I can't believe this. I probably, yeah. She's probably like, I, I've been waiting for this moment for like ever, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And so I go to church and it's so funny because our, the pastor of the church I go to now, um, I went to high school with his sister or well, him too. My sister was in my grade. I didn't even know that he was the pastor now. Like they had just, tra- they had just transitioned pastors like that week. Oh, and, wow. um, so that was cool because it was like a familiar face. Like I knew him and his family. Obviously, I knew my family was there as well. But I felt I felt kind of uncomfortable that my family was there too. So it was nice to have like someone else. And at the end of the service, you know, they always give an opportunity for to do the prayer of salvation and to just commit your life to the Lord, whether you're a new Christian or need to come back to God. And so I just prayed that prayer and felt like instantly like everything was changed from that point and I just haven't looked back since that was in September of 2021 wow um yeah so long story to reach the final point of um that was how I ended up like recommitting my life to the Lord and kind of beginning the process of actual like sanctification because I don't think I ever really understood what that meant before I kind of took comfort in the fact that I was once a Christian and said like the prayer that I believe in the I believe in God and I believe that I was a sinner and all those things, but I didn't really understand what it meant to live out my life for Christ. I thought that it was very okay and commendable to be a Christian, but like to keep it to yourself and to keep it out of every other area of your life because yeah. That's what culture kind of says. They're like, okay, you can be a Christian, but like, don't let it influence the way you vote. Don't let it influence the way that you post on social media. Don't let it influence the way that you talk, you know? And I just kind of rejected that. I didn't know how I was going to do it because in my mind, I was like, this is really conflicting to a lot of my beliefs because I was very much believed in a lot of tenets of like feminism and just wokeness and all of that. And I believe that was right. And so I, I just prayed and I still pray all the time. But like, I was just like, I need my mind to change on this. I don't know how that it's going to change without the Holy Spirit, because I can't think myself into a new way of thinking right now. It seems so impossible for me to change my mind. Wow. Wow. Would you say like after that day, you noticed all of a sudden you were like, my mind is changing or was it a like instantaneously all of a sudden you were like, oh, I'm looking at this completely differently. Um, and it was just 
a very dramatic shift in certain regards and then other things took time? Or would you say pretty much everything like slowly you were like, oh, the Bible says this and that makes sense. Or like, how did, how did God's truth, how was it revealed to you? I would say with some things it was instant and with other things it took a lot of time. So for instance, that day I felt really convicted about like the tarot cards and all the new age stuff. Like immediately I was like, this is trash. And I threw it away. Like I threw, I physically threw it away. So I, that part was immediate, but I would say a lot of the other stuff took time. And I'm really fortunate that, you know, I go to a church that is not woke and that preaches God's truth very uh, openly and very directly because there were a lot of sermons in the next, I would say probably like six months. That first six months was the hardest for me of like, just like reimagining and rethinking all of, through all of these issues. But there were a lot of sermons that were like, made me really angry that I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I believe I know what I felt and experienced, but I don't know if I can like agree with this, this way of thinking, or I don't know if I could ever vote Republican or like, any like that kind of stuff yeah and I but but I kept hearing the truth over and over again it wasn't watered down which I feel really strongly about that we shouldn't do that as Christians because it can it's confusing when you do that because then you're basically saying there's no difference in what you as a Christian and Christ follower believes than any other person who doesn't have faith and that to me is almost more dangerous because it's confusing. And yeah. so it it took a lot. I read a lot of books. So my church had like an apologetic section on the website with like just a bunch of like recommended reading. So I listened to a ton of podcasts. I read a ton of books and a lot of them quote scripture throughout. So that I knew like where to go in the Bible to find this stuff because I didn't know my Bible like And that's an area that I still have a lot of room to grow in just because I spent so long out of the Bible. (laughs) And also, I feel like I, in my life, and I didn't realize it then, but now I realize it that some of the people who I knew in real life who said they were Christians would use the Bible out of context Mm -hmm. to justify things that actually aren't what what the text was meant to portray yeah and when you don't know your bible you don't know that like when you don't know your bible you don't know that you're like oh well the bible says that okay the bible said the bible says that it's like that this is a scripture that says abortion is okay oh all right like you don't know yeah and so the enemy uses that because you think that it's Christ-like. And, right. and so I had to really work hard at rethinking that. And my husband too, when I started going to church, my husband was very angry. Like it was not, he was mad and very opposed to it. I, he was like kind of weird about our son going, but you know, I just kept going every week and praying for his salvation and not pushing it, but starting to share like a little bit um, because the issues that we were having trouble with were like very much cultural issues, which is why I speak about them so much now. So it was sexual immorality. It was being pro-choice. It was all like feminism as a whole and how that can seep into different areas. It was all these things that are very, 
they strike a chord because we get so many messages from culture that are different than what Christians are called to do and what the Bible says and about how we should live. And, oh my goodness, it was just really hard for a period of time there. And there are still certain things that are like, I'm still learning how to be stronger in my faith in certain areas and why exactly I, or how to think about things, Mm -hmm. I guess. And um, so some things were immediate, some things took more time. I would say now I feel pretty confident on like all of the main issues. I know what a biblical worldview about those things is. Right. And I didn't before. So now I'm really passionate about just like sharpening my ability to talk about them because I, I mean, now all my friends are from church. Like all my like friends I currently have are like from church, (laughs) but any friends that I had before that, none of them are, are Christians. Right. Um, which has obviously been kind of difficult to navigate about how to maintain a friendship on some level and be able to connect with them about certain things while also looking for opportunities to plant seeds and share the gospel with them, but yeah. not in a way that is, you know, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Um, well, and I think too, like, you know, Katie and I have talked about on the podcast before, it's like also remembering that like, it's not us witnessing, it's the Holy Spirit witnessing to those friends. And it's so easy, like, especially because I mean, I can tell like, you're very, obviously very ambitious. You have your PhD, like you're a go-getter. So when it even comes to that, like spiritual realm of like sharing the gospel, sometimes it's like, we want to do, but we don't allow the Holy Spirit to like do what he's going to do and transform the way that only God can. And like, it's so sometimes it's like a fine line. It's like, I want to share things with you, but like, you know, I know that also the devil has a grip on that person because they have a mind that is given to the world and not to the Lord. So it's like that communication, like, you know, in the Bible it talks about like, there's just some things that like non-Christians, they just can't understand because their mind is not, you know, set on the things of the Lord. So it's just like a, it's a completely different mindset. Like the way your mind literally works and like breaks things down is bipolar opposite. So that communication is going to be broken down just because of that alone, you know? And, and I mean, the power of prayer, obviously I know that we all know the power of prayer is huge. And I think sometimes like, you know, sharing where you feel led and where you feel like the spirit is pushing, um, but then backing off when you feel like that resistance, when it's, it's not the person, it's really, you know, it's really just the lies of Satan that have just taken over their life. And unfortunately that is, you know, that is a state that a lot of people live in is in the lies of the devil. And, and, you know, it's so sad to see, cause you do, you just, you want people to be drawn to the Lord because you had a transformation when you lived in this life of like, you know, of just liberalism or woke like mindset. And it's so easy to fall into like that live, like feminism and all that. Cause it is so appealing to women. Like I feel like it, yeah, it, it's just very, very appealing and it's easy to fall into, especially college pushing that. Like I hated that my parents, like they didn't make me, but they basically said, you can only go to a Christian college. Like they're like, we will not help you like financially if you go to like 
a non-Christian university. And then I hated it, but I am so grateful now because even the feminism and like the, that kind of stuff was, there was some parts of it, not in my actual like schooling, but just like in the environment that I was in because you got so many different walks of life. So, and I'm like, oh, if I went to a like, you know, non-Christian university, like Lord only knows where my mindset would be. And, and, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Like I'm now I'm so grateful for them. Like they made us like go to Christian schools and like, you know, I, I was always in Christian school. I've never gone to any type of public institutions and now I can appreciate it way more. Yeah. (laughs) Then I didn't appreciate it. I really, really didn't like, and I ended up doing my master's program at Cal Baptist out here um, in California. And it's funny because I chose a school that I wanted to do my master's program. And I was like, I'm at like, after I graduated from my four year, I was like, okay, now I realize a little bit more. And so I just decided to continue on to go to Christian schools because, you know, I mean, yes, they're crazy expensive, but like now I am so grateful because who knows, like this, this lie that is being pushed in our society is so strong and it's so powerful and it's so appealing because it appeals to ourself and our sin nature that like we like you just fall into it it's so easy and like the devil is slick and he's appealing he's not like you know he's not he's just appealing like that is like the thing because it appeals to our flesh appeals to what we actually want um when we're not you know committed to the lord so it's it's so understandable it's so easy, like the self-obsession. And I, I think yeah, as a become becoming a mom, like that was what it was because I was so selfish. And that is like yeah. just – that's just our human nature, our sin nature. But when you think yeah. that that's – it's different when you observe that as a non-Christian and you think it's a good thing yeah. than as a Christian when someone if, – if you realize it or someone points it to you, they can point you to Christ – but if you think, if you recognize that and you think, oh no, the answer to that is to be more selfish, right. it's very obvious why it just gets worse and worse and worse. And that right. was what I experienced very much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I mean, coming from a, the fitness industry as well, I mean, it is it is praise to be selfish in bodybuilding. Yeah. I mean, it's like your diet, your training. I mean, that's honestly why I haven't stepped back into competing at all, like since 2017, because it's just, it is that like perpetuation of self-idolization. Yeah. And, and at the end of it though, you're like, okay, this is not satisfying. Like yes. no matter what place you get on stage, no matter how you look it, okay, you look the way you do, but then now what's next? Like, okay, how can I bring more attention to myself? And can I, you know, still get those accolades and that just feeding that flesh? And um, it's very empty at the end of the day. I mean, so empty. And that's because we're not, God created us to worship him and not worship self. But yet our society is just, I mean, we self-worship. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I even, it's interesting because I went to a public university for four years and I even felt myself being, um, even though I still was resistant to like the liberalism and like the wokeness and all that stuff. But one thing I did take on was that feminine, that feminist, like girl power, like I can do what, you know, this very um, driven, I make my name, I'm going to do it all about me. And it was all about my power and all about, you know, doing as much as the guys, lifting as much as the guys. And it it 
then seeped into my my athletics. It was like, well, I'm gonna outlift your boyfriend, you know, and that type of thing. It's like, oh my goodness. I think back to it, and it was like that was just so much like the feminist, um, just all about me. It's all about me. It's all about how much I lift, how I look, being better than the guys, outlifting the guys, being making more money than the guys, and all this stuff. And it's like, whoa. The devil really had a foothold, even though I didn't subscribe to, you know, some of this other crazy stuff, like, you know, whatever. Um, And I would have called myself maybe like a, I probably would have said I was a, um, like, independent or, you know, independent thinker. Yeah. Um, Or like, I don't know what I would have said. Like, I'm just, you know, in, I think on my own or whatever I said, even though I was subscribing to a lot of these um, cultural pressures, but like, man, how much I was just bowing down to the self and that self-worship in a certain regard. And that's the thing too. It's like, it doesn't have to be just wokeism or liberalism. It could also just be like worship. And I mean, we saw that so much in bodybuilding and then Mm -hmm. in any sport, I mean, in any realm, but um, it is interesting to reflect upon like these things that culture pushes and it just in our ear and, you know, at school, it was like, woman in finance, you need to be better than the guys, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, like girl power, like mm-hmm. I'm going to stick it to the man and you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, wow, that is very prideful, very selfish. And like looking back and reflecting and like actually picking apart, like where my heart was at, it was all about me. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just the cultural pressure to worship the self is just yeah. so overwhelming. And so, yeah. Bringing that before God, I think is just, I mean, it's like a day by day thing too, because it's like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it to put myself up on a pedestal or is it to honor God, glorify him and and ultimately point people to him? So yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. it's, it's yeah. such a different perspective and like being so deep in that now, I feel like I understand that way of thinking. I understand. It's not like when I was that way, I had this view of, oh, conservative Christians just aren't enlightened. Like they just don't know because they don't like they just don't know, like poor them kind of thing. And it was obviously a very just flawed for so many reasons way of thinking. But I feel like because I know that's how I was, it gives me a unique position to be able Mm -hmm. to speak to maybe people who are Mm -hmm. in that now because they see me and they're like oh like she's not the stereotypical conservative christian whatever i respect her for this reason so i'll listen maybe more to what she has to say than some than like ben shapiro or something you know what i mean like they're more (laughs) open to like yeah hearing me and so i'm like if i can use that to point other people to jesus then i'm going to and that's kind of where i was like okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna do this again i'm gonna do it differently this time yeah and so i forgot to mention this but when all that happened i deleted my social media so i had i got all those followers whatever like i deleted all of it i i got when i got saved i i took a break from social media completely for like six months nice and um, recreated the account that I have now and like just started posting to it like publicly a couple of months ago because I was also like, I don't 
want anyone like I don't want people to find me like yeah, yeah. I want to I want to say this stuff and I was like posting yeah. to Facebook but I was something about Instagram specifically oh, because I know. of everything that had happened it just like yeah. felt like I don't want to know like yeah. yeah so now I'm like I don't care yes. I don't care <laughs> and that's yeah. like the most freeing like feeling too when you know that oh yeah you know, what you're doing is for the lord and you know not to please man and not to get this praise from people like oh they're so amazing and smart and blah 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 and it's like you know all the glory always has to go back to god and i think like that is like a big testimony of like what the lord has done in your life because obviously you're very very accomplished you're a very smart person and like you could it's so easy to turn that inward um to yourself and you know so that's a huge transformation of like, just the Lord can use anyone. He wants to use anyone and everyone who has a willing and open mm-hmm. heart. And, you know, that is everything to him. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, like, if there's anyone listening to this, who they have someone who they think is like too far gone, a sibling or a friend or something who you're like, they are like hopeless. I'm like, I'm telling you, that was me. And I, the Lord changed me. And yeah in the most massive way. So like you never know God's in the business of miracles and right. he can do anything. Um, so never stop praying for those people. Never stop inviting right. them to church. Never stop like being a witness to them because you just never know what situation the Lord is going to use. It, it was a bridal shower, a random bridal shower that I went to yeah. that, you know, you just never know. So I, mm-hmm. You know, if there's anyone listening who asks someone like that in their life, I'm just like here to encourage you to like don't give up. And even though if it seems hopeless, you just never know what the Lord is going to do or what His plan is. So, right. Well, even just seeing, even just knowing you previously, and then seeing this transformation and just everything, like that's so encouraging to me because then I can encourage other people and tell them, like, oh my gosh, my friend that I knew and Mm -hmm. should now like go follow her and like. So those testimonies, you know, sharing that is super encouraging and just so powerful. And um, so thank you so much for just being willing to share that. And I mean, it's just (laughs) the amount of encouragement your testimony has given me is incredible. So I know that it's going to encourage a lot of people. And um, so just want to, you know, just encourage you to keep sharing because it's so powerful. Our testimonies are just incredible. Yeah, definitely. And where can people find you on social media to follow you and all your amazing posts and all that stuff? Where can we find you? I am on Instagram at Brittany LaBeouf, O-E-U-F. Make sure you spell it right. I think that's the only thing. That's really the only place I'm active. I don't have TikTok or any of that stuff. So, Okay, perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks for another one. Bye, guys.